It's time to become bullyproof so we can live our best kicking life. As we know, life ain't all sunshine and rainbows, and bullying is a real problem that negatively affects millions of kids, parents, teens, adults every single day. But there's a solution, and the good news is you found it. The Grogan's Bullyproof and Kicking Life Podcast. So get ready to be empowered with hope and self-confidence to believe in yourself to become bullyproof and live your best kick in life. Greetings, everyone. Master Grogan here. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Well, we're back again with another exciting episode, life-changing episode of the Grogan's Bullyproof and Kicking Life podcast. And this is the Spotlight Show, and we've got a special guest here. Let me kind of quickly go over a quick bio, and then I'll let uh, introduce him. You can see him right now. So if you know him, you know who he is. There he is. Good-looking guy there. He's a Christian, he's a husband, father, Ziegler Legacy Certified Coach and Trainer, extremely successful entrepreneur, and his company has grown to exceed more than 220 in-network companies, and he operates in nine countries worldwide. He travels the world mentoring businesses and speaking at various conferences, uh, growing microeconomics in business and encouraging business development worldwide. And just like all of us, he's had his shares up and ups and downs and ups and downs because uh, there is no such thing as uh, all sunshine and rainbows or looking through those rose colored glasses. You got to battle, you got to fight, you got to claw, you got to scratch. And most importantly, and what this podcast is all about is you got to pick yourself back up because not if, but when society pops you with the right hook of reality and drops you down, you got to get back up and fight another round. And that's what the kick in life is all about. What that's am I right. talking about? My, my Ziegler brother, who we actually went through the Ziegler certification together, Mr. Yep. A.C. Lockner. How are we doing, sir? Doing good, Rich. How are you doing today? I'm fantastic, buddy. Happy to be in Florida and uh, yeah. now Floridian with you, which is fan-terrific. Um, so I, I, I tried to, you know, condense all your amazing accolades down, but if there's anything I missed, please, um, please feel free to share those. And then most importantly, give a shout out to your wife and kids because everybody loves hearing their name on the air. Uh, and this uh, right now we're live streaming to our YouTube channel and our Facebook pages, but uh, this will also air on all podcast apps on Monday. So if you uh, want to subscribe to the podcast app, it's uh, Grogan's Bullyproof, uh, available worldwide. Please subscribe. And if we've earned it, give us that five-star review. So AC, give some shout outs. Yeah, so uh, first of all, uh, my wife, we call her the HRHIC, the head redhead in charge. That's Miss Karen. And uh, I would not be where I'm at today without her for sure. And then, of course, my kids, uh, Lauren and AJ. Uh, Lauren's actually in the video game industry and uh, works for a video game company called Queens and is kind of their director of talent development over there. And then our son, AJ, works on our business with us here at Softwash Systems and is uh, doing well. And uh, he graduated from Abilene Christian University with a business degree in marketing and uh, is bringing that talent here to the business. Uh, but we've got great little business growing here. Lots of family members working for the business, lots of families that work for our business that have their family members working for the business. and. Uh, it's just been a really, really great run for us and uh, for all of our businesses that we have worldwide. That's fantastic. Fantastic. And of course, being a Christian there, I, I, uh, we connected extremely well at the, um, the Ziegler Legacy Certified Training 
And that was a couple of years ago, and uh, um, it was kind of cool. We were grouped together in several different projects. I remember one in particular, we were building the, uh, the, the bridge out of paper that had to support the water bottles. So yes. it was kind of a, a take charge and who's going who's gonna to lead, who's going to delegate, and who's going to uh, kind of follow and, uh, and whatnot. And uh, a couple of those things just really res- resonated in my mind as far as the leader that you are. And then we got to talking about your companies and everything else you're doing. And then later uh, within the week there on Sunday, we actually went to the church that uh, Zig Ziglar uh, used to attend. So that was kind of a special, special memory and special moment. So with uh, everything you're doing here, obviously it's amazing. And the fact that you got uh, family, you know, uh, uh, around you as your major support, which you can't do anything without the family, right? I know you mentioned uh, uh, the redhead in charge, <laughs> your, your wife there. Uh, my wife is, uh, well, was a uh, brunette, but uh, we moved to Florida here. She's a blonde now, uh, which fits right <laughs> in with the Florida lifestyle. But yeah, she's been my pillar of support all the way through all the ups and downs of uh, uh, I've been bankrupt twice and had our house foreclosed on cars, repossessed, all the embarrassing things that I used to never talk about. But I talk about more openly now just to, well, one, be relatable and let others know that it it is not all sunshine and rainbows. And one thing that I, I stress a lot not only on the podcast here, but I've got a couple books coming out and then speeches and presentations I give is you can't play the victim card uh, because society wants you to play that and it wants to keep you down. And I, I, I don't understand why, but there was a mindset growing up that was the, well, that's just how it is. Well, that's just how it is. Well, I'm a firm believer, and I know you are as well, that that's, that's not the, to utilize your God-given talents to be who you were born to be. And we're all unique in our own individual ways. I'll never right. be as, I tell kids all the time, I'll never be as cool as AC Locklear. Well, he'll never be as cool as me either because we're different in our own ways. But by utilizing our strengths and working together, kind of the high tide raises all boats, right? If we put our and they, and they may, end up, may end up being cooler than us too, Rich. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope so, right? Yeah, let's, let's definitely hope so. Hope so yes. they are. So yeah, absolutely, you, yeah. I mean, I've had business. I've had a lot of those same same ups and downs as well. I, yeah, I went broke completely uh, down to my last two hundred and fifty bucks back in two thousand and ten. Got out of the cleaning business. Uh, had a family business that we I was doing. My father had a bad family business breakup. Uh, left that and became a consultant like a lot of people do when they have that life change they go out and consult people and and then also too um, then eventually got into putting people into the cleaning business and that's what I do now is I've leveraged all of my talents and the things I'm very very good at which is helping other businesses grow helping people grow helping them with their leadership helping them to be disciplined and execute their plan for their businesses and let them own the business and me just support them. And, um, you know, so you and in life, we all find our sweet spot and we move to that sweet spot. And 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 really, our journey is just a journey of self-realization, trying to figure out what we're truly good at and then eventually settling down into that sweet spot. That's fantastic. And. Uh, um with well, of course, I want to give a shout out to all our friends jumping online. If you jump online, please say hi. And uh, if you've got a question for myself or AC in regards to being an entrepreneur or a line of business or just anything that's on, you know, we want to ask, please make sure you do so, because we're more than willing to, to do what we can to accommodate and answer those questions. So yeah, and 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 that's the. Uh, and for your line of business, was it a thing you had to go to school for or was it, you know, it's kind of, I was looking over your bio there and I want to make sure I get it right. It's kind of third generation. Is that right? 
Yeah, so I'm a third generation business entrepreneur. Um, you have to forgive me. I'm probably going to sneeze at any moment. My allergies are driving me crazy. <laughs> it's like, oh. Wait, and we were talking before we got on the air about uh, uh, this is my first. I've been in Florida since uh, the end of July now. And I didn't realize allergies were this bad down here. Uh, I always had allergies in the Midwest and growing up on a farm and then, you know, fighting a lot. I've had my nose broke so many times that it just doesn't function properly. But uh, yeah, I got a, a, a dose of those allergies and actually get, I got a sinus infection. So you can probably still hear it. And they, we were talking on air, uh, yeah. before we got on air here and you'd mentioned that's typical down here in Florida, huh? Yeah, stuff is still growing in January. So, you know, this is, spring, <laughs> this is early spring for us. So a lot of plants are blooming and there's you know especially the orange trees right now the orange blossoms a lot of orange pollen in the air uh but going back to what you were saying yeah i'm a third generation service business entrepreneur my my father owns service businesses my grandfather owned service businesses you know i i just wanted to grow up and be a lead singer in a heavy metal rock and roll band but that didn't quite work out for me and uh ended up going into the service industry i was i was at abilene christian university out in abilene texas I had found my cute little redhead that I talk about quite a bit in the new book and how we met and uh, wanted to get married, wanted to start a life, got kicked, summarily kicked out of preaching school out in Abilene, Texas, moved back here to Orlando, Florida and looked at my dad and said, hey, I want to start a business. And he said, well, you know, the family painter had just got done pressure washing the house, getting it ready to paint it. He jumped up on the roof and, and pressure washed off the roof and it made the roof look like brand new. My dad said, seems to me that would be a pretty cool little business to start. So I took all my little entrepreneurial juices and everything else and I developed my model for my business and the process for cleaning the roofs and went out there as an owner operator, one truck and uh, just scratched out a humble little living. The first year I did about $80,000 in total gross revenues. Put about 50% of that back in my pocket. The second year did about $85,000. Uh, the third year that jumped up to about $300,000. Fourth year jumped up to, uh, by the time I hit the year 2000, started in 92, hit the year 2000, we were a $4.8 million per year, 36 truck company. And, uh, you know, and it's, it's just, it's just incredible what you can do in this, in this country. You don't have to have a college degree. Matter of fact, there's a lot of people to go to college that really don't need to go to college and uh, they should be focusing on a vocation and focusing on doing their best to their abilities and not falling into what I call the white collared movement. And, uh, you know, falling into that whole that whole lie that gets perpetuated to us. And I was able to, as a roof cleaner, become a multimillionaire. And it's kind of fun when people ask me what I do for a living and I'm at some fundraiser or party and they think you know look at this guy you know wonder what he does for a living and they ask me and i go oh i'm a roof cleaner and it makes <laughs> a great conversation and that is fantastic and that's something that i i, I spoke with um uh well i guess the you guessed ago, a few podcasts ago. This, oh, by the way, I forgot to even say this is episode number two hundred ninety-one of our, our, our podcast. So if you wow. haven't subscribed, subscribed, and make sure you listen in to some of the other ones. We have had some great guests, and uh, as we move forward, but that is a, a topic we bring up a lot. Is in. I call it the college trap because not everybody is meant to go to college. Uh, I. But thought I, well, I grew up on a farm, being a farm boy. Uh, I was actually the first one in my family. Uh, my mom graduated high school, but that was as far as it got. Uh, and I toyed around within and out of college. And uh, actually, I failed out of a junior college. 
but uh, I ended up going back. It took me 10 years to get a two-year degree and then two years to get a four-year degree. You can kind of figure that out. But it was in kinesiology, the study of human movement was finally something <laughs> I really enjoyed. My brother-in-law um, has that degree. <laughs> oh, and I taught PE for 11 years, but yeah. uh, the, the um, it really helped out really with what I did being a personal trainer, a martial artist, aerobic instructor, and uh, everything else I was kind of wrapping up in there. So it was fantastic. And I loved uh, sports, so PE was right uh, right there. But um, I, I, I tell kids all the time, and my oldest son, he's uh, he's 21 now, but he's not uh, in college anywhere. And But when he was graduating, I remember everybody saying, hey, Austin, where are you going to college? Where are you going to college? And it was almost like we had to explain why he wasn't going to college because he was right. working with uh, our, our business. And he's incredible, not only an incredible instructor with the Martial Arts Academy, but he turned, uh, he took a couple program director courses and fantastic. Now, he's moved with us down here to Florida and he's kind of doing his own thing now. He's actually working for a butcher and he's learning kind of behind the scenes of uh, the meat market industry and uh, he's really enjoying that. Uh, and, and really, he has no desire to go to college. But I, I bring that up because it's often we felt like we had to explain why he wasn't going to college while I was showing him the entrepreneur side of business and he was learning far more. So those out there, parents that are listening, not every kid is made to go to college and, and, and that's okay. And don't feel guilty about that. Uh, I read something the other day, which was, uh, I think it was uh, Elon Musk, but it, it could have been someone else. He said, it's a cry and shame that kids can rack up a hundred thousand dollars in college debt, but can't get a $10,000 loan to start a business. Right. And, and, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're exactly right there. And uh, um, being or doing right now, am I using my college degree? Well, yes and no. I mean, <laughs> it's a piece of paper on the wall. But to be honest with you, for what it costs, I'm not so sure I got a good return on my investment. But college is for some folks, and that's fine. But I'm glad you're on here talking about what you've done uh, to, to just kind of work hard and make, make a living in something that you're good at, you enjoy, without having that college degree. Yeah. So, you know, I've, I've got a new book coming out next month and it's uh, the five keys to pattern success. Uh, we're already starting to work on the next book, which is called White Collared. And of course, that that book is all about the failure, the diploma mills and the death of entrepreneurialism in the United States of America. And so it's going to be a very, very controversial book. You can already tell by the title, White Collared. And uh, it's not a book about cooking albino greens, but um, um, white collar to get it. Um, but it is talking about, I want to have almost that little bit of symbolism of slavery and that we go to college and we get these degrees and we go and we pursue this job and we have all this debt. And all we've done is turn ourselves into indentured servants to, to this entire diploma mill that's been created in this country so that we can go out and get these white collar jobs and we become white collared. Um, the, the book that's coming out next month is the five keys to pattern success. And that whole book is on my five keys, which I've developed in my life for all of the personal victories and business success that I've had in my life and sharing that business system with everybody out there in the world so that they can have great success in their life. And uh, and it's and it's all of my books are really to get people to to look at becoming an entrepreneur and owning your own business and developing your skills and talents so that you can have the ultimate freedom of not only building a business that's your asset, that you can that, that you can have the time you want, spend the time with your family, go out and do the vacations you want, but also to you're building something that has value in it for yourself, not for somebody else. 
And that one day, possibly, you can build that up. It can give you a great career, give you a great lifestyle business. But then when you're ready to retire, turn around and sell that for way more than you could ever amass in just maxing out your 401k every year, like we've all been told to do through this white-collared culture that we have. Oh, that's fantastic. And essentially, that's the essence of, uh, and, and I consider anything when you're not utilizing your God-given talents or you're not um, pursuing what you were put on this earth to do as a sense of selling yourself short, bullying yourself, because you're not living the life out of fear, out of uh, uh, limiting beliefs. And then, of course, the pinnacle is that kicking life. And kicking life, and eh, it has something to do with martial arts, but it's all about kicking life's butt. Instead of life continuously kicking your butt, now you're kicking life's butt because you're living it on your terms. And it doesn't mean it's going to be easy by any means. But um, I want to get to touch on your book in, in, in just a minute here. But the, um, uh, the, the, the essence... Of, of not falling into that trap uh, of just doing what everybody else does. I call it that proverbial round hole. And it's kind of like the crabs in the bucket story. You know, everybody's in there in the bucket and everybody wants to, hey, I'd like to move out. I'd like to do something different. But the fear, the limiting beliefs, because yeah. someone along the way told them, and I, I'm living proof, Richie, you're not big enough. You're not smart enough. You're not strong enough. You're just not going to make it. You're just going to be blue collar your whole life. And there's nothing wrong with blue collar. Man, that work ethic of the farm is what drove me to want to do more. And nothing's more blue collar than roof cleaning. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you can be a multimillionaire roof cleaning. Yep. Plumber, and, uh, and air conditioning. Was, exactly. Exactly yeah. my point there. And there's nothing wrong with that. So my whole point was don't don't get caught up on the label of just, I thought, well, all right, I guess. When blue collar, well, that's hard work, yes, but what about those white collar guys? And, and I didn't know any different, but all I knew was, to me, it was a derogatory term. And it's a blessing to have you on here cleaning roofs, for crying out loud, cleaning your, uh, uh, driveways and uh, concrete slabs and everything else. Yeah, and I, I did, uh, well, obviously on the farm, shoveling uh, horse poop, baling hay, and then I worked construction for a while, drain tile, you know, in basements, jackhammering it up and then laying the drain tile. All in in that. My, my father-in-law had the business and it was blue collar, but he did extremely well. That's so right. the fact I had no idea about your book coming out, the white collared. So essentially that's another way that folks tend to bully themselves. And I know I bullied myself in the past was those doggone labels of thinking you want to do something else because of whatever reason, but getting stuck in that proverbial round hole and too afraid to move forward. And right. then, of course, who you surround yourself with is who you become. And that's why I'm so blessed to not only know you, but uh, meeting Tom Ziegler and becoming friends with Tom Ziegler and Chris Widener is a good personal friend. And just that influences, you know, they, they, it's a different way of thinking to get you out of that crabs in a bucket scenario. It absolutely is. And also, too, one of the things that we focus on here is self-differentiating and uh, making sure that you you create a situation in your life where where you're not blending in with the herb, with the herd, that you're self-differentiating, that that you stand for something. Number one, number two, you don't you don't get pulled down by the other crabs in the bucket. You know, number three, that you're that you're 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 really watching um, your actions and your influence that you have over other people. You know, when you talk about bullyproofing somebody, one of the best ways to bullyproof yourself is to self-differentiate. And, and to not let yourself get pulled down by all the people around you and to rise above 
you know, and people will be jealous and people will target you and you'll always have those haters out there. Um, but they do it out of jealousy. They don't do it out of dominating. They're not trying to dominate over you. They do it out of jealousy. So if you're being attacked out there, like let's say, you know, you, you train a lot of kids, you bring them into your martial arts program and you, you teach them how to have self-respect, how to self-differentiate, how to have an, a presence about them that makes them bullyproof, you know, bullyproof. I want to say bulletproof, but it's bullyproof. And um, that self-differentiation is so huge with that and not letting people label you or not following those labels is huge. Oh, well, fantastic. I need to have you uh, do my next commercial. <laughs> that, was, that was great. But yeah, the bulletproof or bullyproof came from that. It's like, I'm Teflon now. I can stand up to this, all the arrows and negativity and our two most vulnerable parts are our heart and our mind, right? And that's where bullies attack. And that's where we attack ourselves as well. You know, someone planted that seed once again, you know, in third grade, I was told I wasn't a very good reader. So my whole life, I thought I wasn't a very good reader. I let that seed grow into something that it wasn't until I dug that thing up. But let's get uh, uh, back to the, uh, the, the book, the five, uh, uh, five levels or five layers. Five, or five keys. Five yeah. keys. Now, it should have been easy enough to remember. And, and, and tell, me, tell me about the five. Tell us about the five keys. Uh-oh. <laughs> the, 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 the floor allergies. There <laughs> oh, it is. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Bless you. And again, oh. we've got two. Maybe oh, we'll get five sneezes. Sneeze button. I'm sorry. <laughs> five sneezes to so, go along with the five keys. <laughs> yeah. So what I do is I like to, it's a very, very simple system. I like to pull up somebody's hand and, um, you know, we'll literally put a hand on a piece of paper and in the book, each section of the book starts with the hand. And, and basically it's number one, you want to be deliberate. Okay. That's having goals. That's having dreams. That's putting together a business plan. That's putting together you know, that outline on, on how you're going to succeed with something. You have to be deliberate. You have to make a plan. And then, you know, then you have to execute that plan. And that's where a lot of people get hung up. When you look at your hand right here, okay, right here, the biggest gap between all of your fingers and your thumb is right between your, your index finger and your thumb. And that is what's called what I found out from Howard Partridge. I didn't know what to call it before. I didn't know it had a name. I knew that that was the hardest leap going from being deliberate to actually executing. I found out from Howard Partridge that that's called failure to implement. Okay. And, and a lot of people suffer from FTI or failure FTI. to implement. You know, you get a lot of people that you know in your life that always will talk about their next get rich quick scheme, always talk about their plans and their goals and all their stuff. And it's just chick, 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 chick. They're always talking about it, but they never move off the blocks. They never really go out and accomplish anything in their lives. And that's because they've got FTI, they got failure to implement disease. So be deliberate, execute. Once you execute, what you want to do is you want to come in and analyze everything you do, whether it's advertising, whether it's uh, dating. Okay, I, I met my redhead because a bunch of guys in my dorm bet me I couldn't date every redhead in the school in one semester. So we put together a list of redheads and I started dating and it's in the book. I tell the whole story about this. And you'll be crying and laughing, and it's a very emotional book when you read it. But when you look at that, I had to date all those girls. I had to go back and analyze, you know, which ones I liked, which ones I didn't, which ones had great personalities, which ones I could envision spending the rest of my life with. But I, I put together the list. I started dating girls on the list. I analyzed the girls I had dated on that list. Then finally, you come to replicate. And replicate is where you do more of the victorious stuff. And you prune away the losses. 
So like if it's in advertising, a lot of people like to advertise their companies and they never sit there and they come and, you know, analyze what advertising is bringing them a return. So they don't, they never prune away the advertising. It's not working and promote the advertising that is. Well, a big key is then getting to that phase that once you analyze, you take all the things that are winning and you put more effort, more money, more time behind the things that are working and winning and you replicate those. You do more of the good stuff. Then finally, once you know you can replicate something, then you move on to systemization and you take those replicating things, you put systems behind them so that they can self-replicate. So again, you got be deliberate, okay? Execute, analyze, replicate, systemize. And in the book, I go through all five of those sections. All five of those sections have three chapters each. I go in and I tell, um, I thought we go through the definition of each one of those. We go in and I tell you a personal story in my life that relates to that be deliberate, execute, analyze, replicate, or systemize. And then I give you a business system that I developed for my businesses that, that tells you gives, you, gives you a system that you can put immediately to work in your business that will start to bring you great success in your business. So the whole book is about 20 chapters and uh, it goes through those five keys to parenting success. And in each one of those sections, you hear my life story. So the book is somewhat autobiographical and you get to hear some of my life story in there. Um, but it's a great book because a lot of people look at my life. I mean, I've been a national champion fisherman. I've been in rock and roll bands. I've had a lot of success in my life. I've owned several multi-million dollar businesses. I had my first multi-million dollar business by the time I was 30 years old. People are like, AC, how do you do that? How do you win so much in life? Well, you have to have a, a tremendous blessing from God. But blessings from God only come when you use your God-given talents that have been given to you. And you actually invest in them and bring a, a replication or, or you reap a harvest back like Matthew 25 talks about. Then God starts to bless those things. But you do have to have a system to follow. And these five keys to powering success gives anybody that reads this book the exact system I use in my life every day to create millions of dollars in revenues, great interpersonal relationships with incredible bucket list things like becoming the IFA Redfish Tour National Championship, my rookie season. All of those things, when people look at that stuff, I'm giving you that exact formula that I used in my life in that book. Boom. Mic drop. We're done. That was fantastic, AC. Thank you for sharing that. So uh, next question, of course, your book is available on Amazon and uh, I know you do speaking. How, how to, and maybe when we're done with this, if you would go on online there where I've tagged you for this podcast and live stream, just put your information so people can uh, can find uh, direct access. And you know, uh, people don't like to click around. So if you've got a direct link right to uh, either your website or write to Amazon or wherever the book's available, please feel free to put that on there so people can uh, can reach out to you and, and get those messages. So uh, um, I, I get, is it available on Amazon, the book? The book will be available on Amazon March 1st. Okay. And so we're just right now there. promoting the book, getting out there in front of people so that when March 1st comes, they can go ahead and order the book and it'll be available on Amazon. And, uh, and then, as you mentioned, I do public speaking all across the country. I go to a lot of blue-collar industry conventions, 
That's really what I frequent. A lot of service business type conventions. So plumbers, air conditioning, pressure washing, pest control. You'll see me at a lot of those conventions and you can come hear me as I keynote at those conventions, but also too, I'll make sure I'll have some books there and you can stop by the author's table. I'll be happy to personally sign those books for anybody that comes by. Fantastic. And I really like what you'd said about uh, utilizing. That's something that I talk about all the time. And it's just, you know, you surround yourself with the right group of people. You say the same thing. And that is utilizing your God-given talents. We're all unique. There's 7.7 billion people on the planet now. And but there's there's no no replicas. We're all unique in our own way. All unique. I, I, I've always uh kind of laugh because as a kid, people would say, oh, Richie, they broke the mold when they made you. That was a pop <laughs> shot at me. And I was like, well, you got to pick on me. Now I'm like, no, yeah, you're right. They broke the mold. And that's a good thing. They broke the mold when they made you. They broke the mold when they made everybody because God was making each person unique. And, and then oftentimes we get caught up thinking, well, gosh, darn, if, if, if I had AC's life or if I could be like AC, uh, then, then things would be different. Or if I had a million dollars, then things would be different. Well, no, it wouldn't. Because if you, and Jim Rome talks about this a lot, you know, he pities the person who gets a million dollars before they become a millionaire because right. they won't know how to use it, won't know how to spend it. And what is it, 85, 90% of people that win the lottery within three to five years are back to where they were or worse because you, it's what you learn to uh, um, uh, live with. And then uh, Jim Rome would also had mentioned if even if I lost it, he knew he knows the formula to build it back up again. And that's kind of what you're talking about here. Is, is yeah. And when you talk about to a lot of people, you know, in, in this society, especially our, our, our society is trashed right now. It is unbelievable how much people have bought into the lies that are being perpetuated in our society right now. And the victim mentality is oh. just eroding the fabric of our country. And this victim mentality. I mean, I've been a victim. In, in chapter 18 of the book, you know, my new book, The Five Keys to Patterning Success, in chapter 18, I tell my story through the lens of all of my failures and through my struggles and through my insecurities. And I take that whole chapter, chapter 18, because people are going to say, but AC, I just read this book and AC, you're a freak of nature. I could never do what you do, AC. And I say, no, stop. You can. Please because let me stop. tell you my story through the lens of my failure, so the lens of my inadequacies, but through the lens of my insecurities. And so I retell my story. And when you, re when you read this version of my story, you go, my gosh, how did this guy ever do this? I mean, he has so much going against him and he had issues and problems and, and, and he was a victim and, and had bullying and, and got beat up and molested and all the things that that they're like, I never realized that happened to you, AC. And I'm like, because I didn't let it define me. I moved on from it. I said, that was a bad experience, but that bad experience ended that day. And I moved on from it and I focused, I focused on the victorious stuff and I replicated the victorious stuff. And I didn't let, I didn't let myself become a victim. I led, I led a victorious life, not a victim's life. Victim life. No, and that's, we always have two choices. And I, I talk about this a lot. We, every day we're working on one or two muscles, our perseverance muscles. Every time life knocks us down, it's not a matter if, but when are we going to get back up? And we, every time we get back up, we strengthen that foundation and strengthen our perseverance, strengthen our resolve, strengthen those perseverance muscles, or 
we decide to lay there and play the victim card. Why is life so tough? Why is life beat me up? And you can ask those questions. I mean, it, it pops in your mind, but as soon as it's like a weed, dig that thing up as soon as it pops up. Because once again, one or two muscles are give up and quit muscles, play the victim card, or our perseverance muscles and play the victorious card. It's a choice. It's not right. easy, but nothing in life is easy. And as Rocky says, nothing hits harder in life. It's a mean, nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it'll beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. And it will. But you got Well, one of the quotes yourself. that I have, um, kind of one of the quotes that I'm known for, the people that have, have been following me for years, is nothing admirable is ever easily accomplished, and success rarely goes uncriticized. So... Mm you got to push forward, you know, because I get, I get, especially Christians. Can I rag on Christians for a minute since I am one? Absolutely. Can we go ahead and rag on Christians? Okay. I love Christians because Christians are like, well, you know, it's just kind of tough. I don't think it's the Lord's will, you know, or they'll come along and they'll say, well, you know, if you've got people that are strife with you, you know, all Christians should live at peace with everybody on this earth, you know, and, and, you know, I just want to be the kind of person that everybody likes and loves and respects. Man, let me tell you something. That's a that's a big bugaboo with me is, first of all, if your life, if you don't have if you live at peace with everybody and there's nobody that doesn't like you, that means you're marginalized. That means you don't stand for anything. OK, and then and then Satan only attacks people. That God has big plans for because he wants to marginalize you. He wants to get you off the field. He wants to make sure God can't use you for a tool for his will and purpose. But what makes drives me crazy the most about Christians, well, Rich, I'm just waiting for God to open a door for me. And I'm like, God's over here waiting for you to get off your ass and use your two feet and walk through the five doors he's got open in front of you. Because Christians just like, I'm just waiting to hear the will of the Lord. Man, just read the Bible. The will of the Lord is in the Bible. God wants us to live a victorious life. You look at Matthew 25. He gave to the three servants the bags of gold based on what their capabilities were. So one got one bag of gold. One got two bags of gold. One got four bags of gold. And the ones that had the two bags of gold, the four bags of gold, went and used those talents and replicated them. So I get my whole replication concept. And the one that had two bags of gold brought back four to the master. One that had four brought back eight to the master. But the one that had one, this is where our society is. He went and hid it in the ground. And he brought it back to the master. When the master came back, he said, look, I didn't screw up. Here's your one bag of gold. I didn't scratch it. I didn't lose it. I didn't screw it up. Here, I, I brought you back exactly what you expected from me. I didn't mess up. And Matthew 25 says the master took that bag of gold away from him, gave it to the one that had eight. And he said, take this wicked, evil servant and send him where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. The servant did good. Think about it. He didn't he didn't invest it and lose the money. He brought back the master exactly what he gave him. He kept it safe. He took care of it. You know, he didn't get a scratch on it. He thought he was doing a good job, but what the master wants in our lives, what God wants in our lives is for us to live a victorious life and for us to to bring a harvest, bring replication, to take what he's given us and turn it into more and bless more people. Our entire society right now is built around burying that bag of gold in the ground and not screwing up. Everybody's goal in life right now is to not screw up, not fumble the ball, not live victoriously. 
And being a Christian, being a Christian business person, being, the way we were designed, Zig Ziglar said that we were all designed for accomplishment. Okay. Endured and endowed with the seeds of greatness. That God designed us to go out and do incredible things, to live a victorious life, to, to bring replication to the things he gave us. And that's what we've got to do. We can't just bury our talents or our bags of gold, the things that God entrusted us to, in the ground. But God is a fair God. He gives to some one bag of gold, to some two, to some four, based on their abilities. All God wants us to do, he understands that everybody's different. And not everybody is an AC Lockyer or Rich Grogan, okay? Not everybody's an Elon Musk. But everybody's been given what God knows their abilities are. And for you to not take what God gave you and bring a harvest to it, bring a replication to it, to invest it and bring more, to invest it in other people's lives is a slap in the face of God. Oh, my gosh. Praise you, AC. I, I, that fantastic. I, I've said something similar, but not quite as, as well and quoted the scripture as well as you did there. But no, and, and you know, be honest with you, I've read that scripture many times and I've actually heard it uh, uh, presented many times, but never as deep as kind of what uh, you'd said. And then one thing I've said for a long, long time, my wife always gets on me because she, I compare everything to being bullied because it was something that was part of my life. And I played the victim right. card because, and I say now, I used to say, man, I was bullied. Well, I was, but I was only bullied because I allowed it to happen because I never did anything about it. Well, the same thing here. And, and I've been saying a lot lately is when we don't utilize our God-given talents, we're essentially smacking God in the face saying, no, right. God, you don't understand my life. No, no, you don't understand this. <laughs> well, I would if I had what AC has. No, but God, you didn't give me these blessings. It's just like we're telling God, uh, the creator of us, what he did wrong with us as opposed to saying, and, and it's a smack in the face. So, and, and I know I really sometimes go off deep, but it really piggybacks on what you had said on our judgment day. When God is there and he says, what did you do with the talents I gave you? Now, I've got enough sins to condone for. I, I, I don't want to say that I didn't utilize my talents that you gave me to the best of my abilities to empower people. It's kind of my mission, empower people with hope and self-confidence to believe in themselves, to stand up to any bully they face, both real in their mind, and most importantly, to think for yourself. When things don't feel right, they don't look right, they don't uh, smell right, they don't taste right. They're not right. And that's a big thing of going on in society today. Things aren't right, and we're allowing it to happen because I saw a post the other day about uh, Jesus today and Jesus in the Bible, and it was kind of a side-by-side -side comparison. And one was, it, yes, we should love everybody, but it's, it's, it's more or less on the victim mindset here. On this one was with, with you know, God and his vengeance will not utilize in your God-given talents and being who you were born to be and doing your very best. Or like you had said, I'm afraid to do anything with what I got, so I'm going to bury my talents at the risk of, 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 of somebody making fun of me, at the risk of somebody being upset with me, at the risk of somebody being... And what did Aristotle say? The only way to avoid criticism is to be nothing, do nothing, and say nothing, but essentially... Yep then you are nothing, right? And uh, that's, uh, that's a big one. Well, in, in, and I posted, this was a few weeks ago, it's a person leaning on a shovel and it said, yeah, God said he'll give you the blessings, but you gotta dig the darn hole. You can't just lean on the shovel. And that's kind of back to the Jim Rome philosophy, or even Zig Ziglar would say, you can't stand at the stove and say, give me heat, and then I'll give you wood. 
You can't stand right. at the field and say, give me crops and then I'll plant the seed. No, it's backwards. You plant the seed, you do the work, you dig up the weeds and you, you fertilize it and you nurture it and then it grows. Or maybe it doesn't, but do you give up? No, you battle back through, but that's, that's back to the perseverance or the give up and quit muscles. Man, that's fantastic, buddy. Good stuff. And Thank those you. that are just joining us, uh, Mr. A.C. Lockler, he's a Christian, he's a father, a husband, uh, extremely successful entrepreneur, and he's talking about all his ups and downs that he's went through just like everybody else. And oftentimes we get people saying, yeah, well, it went back to the old, you don't understand my life. No, I don't, but you don't understand the struggles that all of us have went through either, but you can make a choice to play that victim card or play that victorious card. And A.C.'s got a brand new book coming out in March the five keys to um, his success, and he spells it out in everything he's done in his life. And I think the biggest one, I'll get the hand up here, is jumping from uh, the first step to the second step. And we're yeah, being deliberate fail. to execute. That's being always the hardest one. Because it's the biggest gap. And as uh, Howard Partridge talks about that failure to uh, implement, right? The FTI. And he's got a great book on that as well. I give a similar speech about the fist, and I talk about collectively unity. Yeah, this is strength, this is power, this is justice, this is honor, and this can do a lot of good uh, to stop evil, to stop evil, to combat bullying. But individuals, they fail. We have to work together and, and unify. That's where like-minded people working together. I gave a little presentation not too terribly long ago at an event, and it was all about, look, if I throw a pebble and you throw a pebble and everybody in here individually throws pebbles in the pond, yeah, we're creating ripples, which is a good thing. We're doing something, but if collectively as a fist, we all massively work to, or we work together and pick up this massive boulder and throw it in, we're not creating a ripple, man. We're flooding the banks, and that's right. where you know Christians need to remind other Christians, look, don't sit there and say, well, I'm just waiting. I'm glad you said that because it's one of my biggest pet peeves too because I'll, I'll talk to a lot of uh, wannabe entrepreneurs online, and they'll say, well, I'm just waiting on God to tell me what to do, and I'll say, what are you doing to show God that, that, that you're worthy of this? Oh, well, he'll tell right. me, he'll tell me. No, it's sort of like the old uh, flood thing. You know, the, the flood's coming and somebody comes and says, hey, man, the flood's coming. Uh, hop in the car, we're going to go to safety. No, no, God's going to save me. And the water gets up to the second floor and the boat comes along and the person says, man, hop in the boat here. It's flooding, you're going to drown. No, 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 God's going to save me. Well, next, they're on the roof. Water's got up to the roof level and the helicopter comes and the guy throws down a rope and says, get on here, you're going to drown. He goes, no, no, God's going to save me. Well, the guy ends up drowning, gets to heaven and says, God, I told everybody you're going to save me. And he goes, look, I sent a car, sent a boat, sent a helicopter. You have to take action. And you didn't. And you it's didn't. similar to the story right. you mentioned about not taking action, but burying your treasures, burying your gold, burying your talents, and not doing anything with them. And sooner or later, we are going to be accountable to God. And uh, I know that I've been broke before and I've had money before uh, and in the fortunate and blessed that we're, we're financially doing better than we've ever done in our life before and that enabled us to live to move to Florida. But I do know what I'm able to do now is I'm able to give a heck of a lot more to my two foundations. I give to a lot of foundations, but the two, and I give shout outs all the time, is the Tim Tebow Foundation, the TTF. What he does is absolutely amazing. And then St. Jude's Children's Miracle Network. You know, before you can't give what you don't have. You can't pour from an empty cup. If I can't pay my own bills, I sure as heck can't give to charities as much as I want to. But right. now I'm in a place where I can give a heck of a lot more. And I know those two charities are doing wonderful, wonderful things with those resources. 
And you know something, you know, so many people out there want to demonize business owners or demonize corporations. And, uh, you know, I was talking to my daughter the other day and my daughter is probably a little more liberal than I am. She was talking about big major corporations and, you know, corporations are throughout the world and everything else. And I had a reminder. I had to think, um, honey, you know, your dad does own a multinational conglomerate, you know, which is it's a bad word. Multinational conglomerate is like a bad word to people nowadays. What they don't realize is is uh, a lot of Christians say, well, I don't want to be one of those rich people. God uses rich people. Um, you know, not everybody can handle wealth, but those who can handle wealth and can be a conduit for God blessing other people. If you don't do that, and that was one of the bags of gold that God gave you, you had the ability to do that, and you didn't honor that, that's like burying that bag of gold in the ground. And you're going to hear we, you know, send him where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, not well done, good and faithful servant. So some of us, we need to just own, if we have the ability to make money and donate to causes and support missionaries and, and, and take care of foundations and, and, and create jobs, you need to own that and make that happen and be that person and live that out loud. Now I'm excited for the fact that we've given nearly a quarter million dollars to the Breast Cancer Research Foundation over the last five years. Through the um, through the FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl, uh, which is a college football bowl game that's played here in Orlando, Florida, we hooked up with that. We're a sponsor of that, and every year we raise money for the Breast Cancer Research Foundation, and we're excited to do that. And 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 I love the fact that we were able to give them thousands of dollars every year and bless that organization when when some can't. That's that God has given me that talent, that ability to do that. And if I didn't do it, it would be shame on me. Oh, 1,000%. 1,000%. And, and, and what's sad is you've got, well, you've got some of the multi-elite billionaires and I don't know how, what they did to make their money and that's fine. If they've earned it honestly, then, you know, God bless them. But unfortunately, the ones that aren't as honest as we should be and maybe aren't doing what they should be and, and who am I to judge, but they get all the recognition. So everybody else that's successful falls under that cloud. Well, I challenge people. I think there's far more or far less wealthy people that are evil and there's far more people that don't have money that have ill intentions. Uh, and, and like you said, God gives people what they can handle, what they can deserve. But unfortunately that was, and I, I grew up kind of uh, uh, that way, thinking that the uh, um, uh, anybody that made a million dollars was a bad guy. I mean, because we were dirt poor on, you know, government cheese and we had a milk cow and all those things. But then as we got older and realized, wait a minute, the kind of, you know, and, and I don't say we've been lied to, but we're just weren't asking the right questions and start asking the right questions, become an entrepreneur and knowing I can do a lot more with having something than I, I can without having anything. But it's what you do with that. You know, if you've given back and people do whatever they want to do. I just know that the more I give, the more I seem to, to bring in. Not only does it make me feel good about what I'm doing to help out, but it also inspires and motivates me to work harder so I can make more to give to those charities and give to those organizations. And that kind of wraps up, you know, the bully proof. I've overcome those fears of limiting beliefs of thinking I wasn't good enough, wasn't strong enough. And, you know, people that make money are bad. I was bullying myself. And now, working toward living that kick in life. That kick in life is not only kick in life, but, but I'm kicking life, I'm kicking uh, the, the, the negative uh, um, mindsets out of my life and empowering others by utilizing my God-given talents to empower them to live their best 
Kick and Life. And that's kind of where our whole uh, Grogan's Bullyproof and Kick and Life uh, podcast brand and everything else comes from is that very essence of not playing the victim, but overcoming those fears. And then what are right. you doing to help out others with your talents, not just burying? I love that. I'm going to keep using that, burying your talents in the, in, in, because you're afraid of what might be said or what might happen to you. Fan, fantastic. Well, this has been good, buddy. Have you had a good okay. time? Appreciate you, man. You had a good time on the show? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I love this kind of stuff. You know, my, my goal in life is to just reach and have influence over as many people as I possibly can so they can realize their life's goals and dreams. And, uh, you know, just I just I just want to leave this earth completely wrung out, used up, nothing left to give. And uh, you're well on your way. Well on your way. Well, folks, Mr. A.C. Locklear, look him up. He's got a great book coming out in March. I can't wait to buy it and read it myself. Uh, and just a little quick update on my book, uh, uh, Becoming Bullyproof, Me as a 12-Year-Old, Meeting Me as Master Grogan 40 Years Later and Going on a Journey Together, where the older me is teaching the younger me everything I wish I would have known. Uh, we just finished Proof Edit, and we're doing interior design right now. So we're looking at a February release date, uh, possibly March, but uh, I'll keep you updated on that, and I'm excited as heck about that as well. Well, A.C., God bless you, brother. Thank you so very, very much. And uh, now that we're both in Florida here, we'll have to uh, plan a time on our schedules to meet halfway or something. I think uh, oh, yeah. about two hours from where I'm at and yeah. uh, grab some lunch and catch up. And But I, I can't thank you enough for your time. The wisdom and insight that you left with our, our listeners is, is priceless. And I know they're very, very, very grateful for that. Thank you very, wow. very much. And remember, appreciate you and what you do, Rich. Oh, thank you, buddy. I, I, that, that touches my heart. Remember to go on when we're done here and put your uh, information in so people can can uh, follow you and find your book and everything. So great right, stuff. All right. Well, folks, that's a wrap. We had Mr. A.C. Locklear on. Uh, fantastic, as always. And I can't thank you enough for, for tuning in. And we've been doing this live stream thing. This is our second live stream slash podcast uh, that we're doing. We're live streaming to our Grogan's Bullyproof YouTube channel, Grogan's Bullyproof and Kickin' Live Facebook page, and also my personal page. And this podcast, if you're just listening to it on the podcast app, it actually, uh, you're listening on a Monday. It'll air on Monday as a spotlight show. But make sure you tune in on the Thursday when we record this live, and therefore you can tune in and ask questions along the way here and see uh, put a face with the uh, uh, with a voice when you, you see us here so but thank you very much if you think we've earned it please give us that five-star review especially on the podcast app that helps our ratings get up there a little bit higher so people can find our podcast uh, quicker when they do a search it's Grogan's Bullyproof real easy you type in you get Grogan in it's gonna pop up and uh, share this with somebody else and that's how we continue to build our tribe and our tribe is all about empowering one another to live that best kick in life by becoming bullyproof to make our society a happier, healthier, and safer place to live. All right, folks, I love you. God loves you. AC loves you. Please share that love of the world. And until we talk again, you get out there and do your best. And I promise you'll be your very best. You'll become bullyproof and you'll live your best kick in life. God bless everybody. Can't wait to read your comments. Can't wait to chat with you real soon. AC, I love you, brother. Have a blessed day, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you very much for listening to another life-changing episode of Grogan's Bullyproof and Kickin' Life. This is your Bullyproof expert, Master Rich Grogan, reminding you to please subscribe and please share this podcast with your kids, family members, or anyone else who could benefit from this empowering message. And if you think we earned it, I kindly ask that you please remember that five-star review to let others know that you're part of the Grogan's Bullyproof and Kickin' Life tribe. 
And until we talk again, you get out there and do your best. And I promise you'll become your very best to become bullyproof and you'll live your best kick in life.